Welcome to Confessional. I'm Kayla Shelton, along with Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your darkest. Confess to us. We won't tell. So you can tell us anything. No one's listening. On today's confessional, Going DIY. All right, everybody, welcome to the confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined today by co host Rose Vineshank. Hello. How are you, Rose? I'm doing pretty good. Now, you had an experience last night, did you not? Yes, I opened wide. Uh, I mean, I just See, opened regular <laughs> for Stormy Daniels. Yeah, I was thinking of how to phrase that, because if I say you performed with Stormy Daniels, that sounds pornographic. If I say you opened for Stormy Daniels... It sounds... Right. But you did stand-up comedy with Stormy I did Daniels. stand-up comedy with Stormy Daniels. How was it? She's so funny. And really? she's actually... Um, Whenever I see her in her uh, movies, um, she seems... <laughs> like whenever she, I'm at the theater. Whenever I'm at the theater, she seems like she's like... Just like tall and colossal, but she's actually like very tiny. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So you had a good time? Nice. Yeah. And of course, we are joined by our producer, Jimmy Seleski. Yes, hello. From the Live from the Studio podcast, currently eating a sausage bagel sandwich. It's actually turkey sausage, Mike. It's Christmas. Give me a break. Sorry. Uh, and Rose, we have a very special guest today. Yes. This gentleman makes excellent YouTube videos that I enjoy thoroughly. Uh, he is from... Rock and roll true stories. Oh. It's really good stuff. That he goes behind the scenes. He talks about all your favorite rock bands. Oh. He gives you the dirt on everything. My uh, please welcome to the confessional our guest, Sid. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about rock and roll true stories, real quick? Yeah, so um, Rock and Roll True Stories is a YouTube channel I started about maybe under a year ago. I had a previous channel called Gun and Roses Central, which I'm kind of done with. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rock and Roll True Stories is kind of like, um, if you love rock and roll, every day I put out uh, a, a story video about a, a band or an event or a song or an album that uh, has some pretty cool background to it. So we cover everything from like the '60s to all the way to like not so much current stuff, but like pretty much the like the early 2000s or right. you know late 2000s to like 2010. But I don't listen to a ton of new bands nowadays. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. kind of like the old guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't really relate to a lot of the stuff that kids listen to these days. But I mean, there's so many great stories there and mm-hmm. bizarre stories. But um, yeah, there's are just too good not to tell. Yeah, um, I really enjoy them. Who's your favorite artist to discuss on it? Um, well, I mean, I'm like, I grew up like on Guns N' Roses, so like they're my favorite band of all time pretty oh, much. And but Axel um, always has you know, stories. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Oh, Axel always has like crazy stories <laughs> to talk about. Oh, yeah, there's there's crazy stories of Axel, like, uh, that I'm still here to this day, but like the band that I've really been enjoying uh, some of the stories about are Kiss for sure. Like, Kiss is a band that's very divisive, at least in my, my, oh, yeah. amongst my subscribers, but they have some unbelievable stories. How do you guys feel about Kiss? You pro Kiss, you anti Kiss? I'm willing to bet you're both anti Kiss, Rose. I uh, okay. I'm pro Kiss in the sense that Marilyn Manson 
is pro Kiss and got a lot of inspiration. <laughs> if Marilyn from Manson Kiss. jumped off a bridge, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's the whole nineties. That's my whole fantasy. That was the whole thing. <laughs> if um, Marilyn Manson did if, a school if shooting, Marilyn Manson cut two ribs off. For <laughs> reasons. Yeah, he's hit. I've heard he's hit rock bottom. He's down to like one and a half ribs. And he still can't blow myself. himself. <laughs> Jimmy, pro or anti-kiss? I'm very indifferent to her. I like that one song. I wanna rock and roll on I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a B-side. It's, it's a little bit of a deep cut. <laughs> Mr. Obscurity over yeah, here. You wouldn't know it. I know. <laughs> you probably never heard of that one. But, but are, are you a fan of Kiss, Sid? Um, you know what? I think for a long time ago, I used to think they were a joke. But like as I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate their music a lot more. I work with a guy who's like a hardcore Kiss fan. Like he's got all the Kiss memorabilia. He goes to see Gene Simmons at like conventions and stuff. So I definitely think they're highly influential, even if I don't like Gene Simmons as a person. Right, right. I've heard Gene Simmons is a real jerk. Yeah, and me too. I, not even firsthand. I just remember. So. Preface, back when I was a kid, I didn't know they played music on the radio because my parents, <laughs> like my mom would, was just only listening to NPR. So I thought the radio was just like the button you push if you want to hear NPR. And then if you don't, you turn it off. <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> just what you I buy thought a box from NPR and it has an on and off. Right. right. <laughs> that's what I thought the radio was. But I remember one day. Like North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> She, my mom was like really upset and I was like what's wrong and she's like I just heard though that most awful interview between Gene Simmons oh I remember that was it Terry Gross yeah I think so yeah, yeah. so like and he, apparently like he was she was like so tell me about your career in the music band Kiss and he's like baby you want me to open up to you you're gonna have to spread your legs for me <laughs> 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 to Terry Gross. In all fairness, like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. In all fairness, that's how you introduce yourself to me. So tit well, yeah. for tat. <laughs> all right, Sid. We are going to read a confession. Did I mention our today's topic yet? I don't think I did. Uh, Stormy Daniels, Kiss, Marilyn Manson, Gene Simmons. No, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> going through the backlog there. According to our stenographer, Bill. Stenographer, Bill. He's uh, giving us the OK symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Going DIY, Rose. Mm. That's what we're discussing. That's pretty punk. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you consider yourself? Are you out of the corporate? You're still kind of in the corporate world, right? You sell out. Yeah, I'm a big sellout. Mm. Yeah, Jimmy? I work in a nonprofit. Oh, that makes a private so much... nonprofit. Oh <laughs> man, jeez. Fascism. I know. <laughs> Jimmy, would you consider yourself a DIY kind of guy? I would say absolutely do. You are sitting in a DIY studio. Shh. Right here. Don't tell people that. I know. <laughs> you mean this very expensive studio? Very that costs Who does your hair? I, right. I do my hair myself. Right, right. Oh, I, don't, I comb right. it myself. I don't cut it myself. You do need to hire better masseuse, though. I will say, Jim's not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Sid, are you are you full DIY or do you still have a job? Oh yeah, I have a full time job. I mean, I started my channel in response to me like kind of just becoming jaded in my job because I've been I'm in my thirties now, mm. and uh, yeah, I still have a full time job. I think I need that routine in my life of getting up every day and like going to somewhere and like having a schedule. I, I think I go crazy without it. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm finally able to not do it so much. I mean, I have little jobs. Like, I work at the gym a few hours a week. I babysit. I drive people. But I don't have to have, like, a real job. And that is amazing. But I'll tell you, I'm still pretty miserable most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like our yeah, friend no, I said. My, I, what's that, Sid? I started, my cha- I started my channel just because I was really unhappy in my old job. Like, it's a very corporate type of job. And, right. You know, when you work in a big organization, you're a small fish in a big pond. Mm. And you can't really have control over outcomes. Whereas with my channel, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's kind of the opposite. I'm at a pretty small company, and it's like DIY in the sense that I was the person who had to do the new employee training video. And <laughs> you had to star in it? I, I had to be like... <laughs> Office safety is number one. You're probably wondering. <laughs> <laughs> no, who tied you up so. and dropped you off in this <laughs> dim room? <laughs> uh, no, but I had to be like... I didn't see you walk in. I'm Rose Weinshank. Oh, hi. <laughs> and, I mean, Weinshank. Um, you mispronounce your You might want to learn your last name. Yeah. It's yeah. just, just really for life, really. But then yeah. I have all these, yeah. like, Karens and Brendas coming up to me whenever there's, like, interagency <laughs> stuff going like, oh, you are f- you were from the, uh, the new employee Getting video. your autograph. You were hilarious. I was dying. I told <laughs> Michael at home. And I was like, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was reading off of a listicle. <laughs> So, like, fuck you, Karen. <laughs> that incompetent character you pretended mm-hmm. to play was just... <laughs> that bumbling fool was me the you, whole time. You did that great. You should stick to that character. All right. We are going to start with a confession from Jim Bryan, Abbottstown, Pennsylvania. Do you guys know Wait Jim Bryan? Yeah. Yeah, we know him. know that guy. He, uh, he runs a little comedy club called he Church of a, Satire. Does that count as DIY? Well, he did it himself. Yeah, he and he built the whole thing. Yeah, it's not like it's owned by uh, M&T Bank. No, no. M&T Bank presents Church of Satire. <laughs> All right, so this is what Jim says. I wanted to be a comedian since I was a kid. I gave it a fair try in the early 2000s. As a day job, I was a care worker in places with psych patients. I did this work exclusively, and once life and kids made stand-up take a back seat, it eventually faded away. By 2017, I was an executive director of a retirement home making great money. I knew I never wanted this career, but then here we are. I'd grown totally bored with it, and I spend most of my time with the elderly folks in the community. They talk about a lot of stuff. The topic of death comes up often. For them, it's imminent. Life is actively ending for them. So I started asking questions. What matters? What regrets? I got answers, and they were scary because they were pointing towards taking chances, having faith, and turning life upside down at home. They were, however, the heaviest discussions I've ever had, and I validated, validated the gravity of them by finally leaping. I'm still in the throes of the whole thing. It's not like things are stable now, and it all worked out in the end. I have to consistently revisit those conversations, many of whom are since dead and gone, as motivation to persevere. That was a well-written Damn confession. Jim. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What do you think of that, Sid? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Like, you can work somewhere and uh, especially learn from people. Like, kind of, I mean, I know as I've gotten older, like, that's definitely something that is on my mind a lot more, especially now that I'm parents and stuff, and, like, just trying to enjoy every moment. But, uh-huh. I guess but, it's... Yeah, it's funny, like, how he said that he wanted to go into comedy. Um, but, you know, when I started working, I thought it would be great to work a corporate job, and then 
climb up the corporate ladder and stuff like that. Right. And uh, as I got a bit older and saw stuff in the organization, I was like, you know, this is not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to go kiss people's ass and, uh, you know, be that kind of person. I'm definitely not that kind of person, and that's why I like rock and roll so much. It's like, there's, there's a lot of honesty in it, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just not the kind of person who can, like, you know, yeah, network and do that kind of stuff. I just hate all that stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am not that kind of person either. And you hear that from like rock stars, people are like, there's no way I could work in an office. I have to be doing my own thing. Right. But, you know, not all of us are going to be rock stars. Just so, most of us. Right. <laughs> only 76% yeah. of people who want to be rock stars become rock stars, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it's like, I know that I can't have a normal office life, but I also know the numbers are kind of against me, especially at my age and everything. But you're not you're, you're like thirty-two. Sure, thirty-two. That's how old you think I am. Yeah, actually. All right, we can go with that. <laughs> no, I'm way older than that. Oh, yeah, we're, we're pretty similar age. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what you think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hollywood thirty-two. <laughs> no, I'm actually thirty-eight. I can remember when Welcome to the Jungle was popular on MTV. Let's just say that. Um, but uh, I found, you know, I've got it. I can't live a regular corporate life. I just can't do it. It kind of is draining. It really is. It's pretty draining. Um, like, again, like, my company is, like, pretty small. and like, on the better side of things as far as, like, corporateness. Mm. But... It, it still is pretty soul-sucking mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, I don't know. I really don't know how to do the thing where you are not yourself, but you are. Right, but right. It, it's, like, the same reason that I can't write a clean set. Because I'm like, well, what, are, what else am I supposed to talk about mm-hmm. if not scissoring? <laughs> you know? like. Yeah, well, I, I think we all face that problem. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah but, like, for me... Word, like it's, it's soul-sucking. That's kind of how I felt the last little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's where you spend most of your time. Right. Like, so you will be looking back on your life and think, how did I spend most of my time? Right. And it's just doing this thing that you don't even like. I know. I know. It's awful. Uh, we we need some Fight Club quotes in here. Yeah. A uh, copy of a copy, <laughs> man. You are not your fucking khaki. Uh, <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say is I have resigned myself to the fact that I'll probably always have to have some kind of day job, you know, but I'm okay with that. You know, you you find a day job that's just not incredibly painful. I don't need a whole lot. And then I can do whatever the hell else I want at night. That sounds nice. Yeah. Rules. (laughs) Assuming you have energy. (laughs) I don't, I have a day job. My whole thing is like, oh, I could do whatever I want at night and Sleep. All you want is to sleep. I just want to sleep. I want to sleep right now. I'm actually not feeling very well. Hope I don't give it to anyone. Well, Sid's all the way in Canada. I think. Yeah, fine. Sid, you're safe from you this. Find that you're... Sorry? Nothing. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Sid? Oh, I was gonna say like you find that like your stand-up routine, your your corporate job gives you a lot of inspiration material. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. What do you think, Rose? You have any well, bits? Yeah, I mean, I work in mental health, so like you I worked just... in a scissor factory, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lead scissor. Um, no, I work in mental health, so like people say really funny things, sure. like it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
just having like so many different personalities in one place, you can kind of like use them as an arsenal whenever you're thinking of like a character to do on stage. Hmm. Like there's always someone to pick from. Like it would be funny if this person said this. Right, but right. Ultimately, um, it exhausts you. So like any inspiration yeah. you do get from your day job is sort of like trumped by the fact that you're too exhausted to turn that inspiration into magic. Right. <laughs> yeah. T scared to take the tragic, turn it into magic, if I may quote Marilyn Manson, right? <laughs> wow. The dope hat song. That's good. Um, yeah, I weirdly, I never really get material from real life very often at all. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I never, like, people are like, oh, you must get, you know, when I was doing Uber, they're like, oh, you must get a lot of material from writers. And I'm like, no. I'm kind of really, because it's like weird shit happens to me every day, all the time, constantly. And then I'll be retelling these, like, horrible stories that have just accumulated in my life mm. that are just like, wow, that's so weird that that happened to you. Right. And then... <laughs> you do like, seem like one of those people where just weird shit just kind of comes... is just attracted to you. It's constant. <laughs> and then I, I don't know how to make it funny or relatable for people, so there's right. no use. I just have these experiences <laughs> sitting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your life could be like a reality show, I think. But that's the only way it would be palatable. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, me just retelling the story of, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sid, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey into the world of DIY and what inspired you to start a YouTube channel and what you hope to do and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Like, I, I do. I don't know how you guys grew up. I grew up like this. I always had anxiety in my life because I had, like, South Asian parents. So, like, there's always this expectation that you have to, you know, achieve to a certain standard. But I was also super shy as a kid, so I always found myself doing everything myself. Like, whether it was, you know, my hobbies or whether it was schoolwork. I was always good at doing things by myself and sort of becoming a jack-of-all-trades. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, working at work or when it came to working on... YouTube and really what started it, like I said, like I just said earlier, like yeah, I just got so sick of the corporate world. Like, um, you know, the other thing too is, you know, when you work in an office, there's all this gossip and all this history between people that you kind of have to navigate and stuff. And I was yes. like, you know, I, I came to the point where I was like, I don't want my future to be dictated by other people. Mm. Um, I want to be dictating my own future, especially now that I have a family and stuff. And I want to set a good example for my daughter. And kind of show it that you know you don't have to depend on anybody to make it in life. And uh, so I start, I thought about what my passion was, and my passion was you know rock and roll. That's really the only kind of attracted to these days. But music yeah. is something that's always been with me through that whole journey. And I thought you know nobody really doing like daily rock and roll videos talking about rock and roll in terms of like some great stories. And especially yeah. nowadays, you hear a lot of people say rock and roll is dead. So I think it's kind of my way to pay homage to something that's like hopefully gets some young kids interested in too because I do get a lot of messages from the younger fans who are like, oh, you know, I've always started listening to rock and roll. This is over. I'm learning so much from the stories and stuff. So I'm checking out bands I wouldn't want to check out. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been doing that for about a year or so and it's just taken off a lot more than I thought it would. Nice. And it's kind of like when I tell people what I do for a living now, I don't even tell them what I do for a corporate job. Oh, that's awesome. Universe. 
and uh, it's more of an interesting conversation. There's, when I tell people what I normally do, it's like a lull of a conversation. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and the, it's a, what's that? Yeah, well, it's just, it's, yeah, I probably get more of a positive influence in my life than like, my normal job is for sure. And you know, I don't know where, about where you guys live, but where I live, like, the economy is terrible. Um, a lot yeah. of young kids can't find jobs. So it's, it's all, I'm also doing it because, like, you know, I don't know if my job will be there in five years' time or five months' time because everything is so volatile where I live. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Rose? Did you have something? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, what, uh, what is the ultimate goal with, with Rock and Roll Central? I do, have you ever heard of Vlad TV? Uh, I, don't know, um, I don't know if I have. Uh, what is it? It's like, uh, it's a hip-hop themed thing, but the guy just like interviews uh, kind of mostly like older hip-hop acts, you know, kind of from the same era that you are into, but, you know, on the hip-hop side. And just kind of ha- ha- talks about those behind-the-scenes kind of stories. And uh, I don't know, I was thinking, like, it'd be cool to see you start to interview some of the rock stars from back then and, uh, you know, get yeah, the like behind-the-scenes. I- yeah, because I had a channel before Rock and Roll Stories called Guns N' Roses Central, which this was, of course, like the title suggests, it was just about Guns N' Roses. And mm-hmm. I interviewed a lot of people who worked with the band. I interviewed some band members. Um, I went and met the management like when I was uh, went to one of their shows and yeah nice. like I enjoyed doing the interview stuff but sometimes it became so difficult like uh, mm-hmm. you guys know Ricky Rackman from like Headbangers Ball oh yeah oh yeah so we were supposed to interview him uh, a long time ago and he was just so difficult to like deal with and really? get on the show like yeah you know what he had this thing I don't want to out him but like like I said I'm pretty honest like I don't like to kiss people back but um, you know, he had this thing going where he was getting all these interview requests and he's such an iconic figure from my MTV days. Right. And he said, you know, if you donate to this charity, I'll give you, I'll call it, the first time people would donate, I'll do an interview with you. So we donated happily and we were in the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were chasing him for months on end and then he'd be like, okay, let me know a time and date and I'll be there. And then I came the time and I'd never hear back from the guy. And we went through this like so many times and it was just like, that was the one thing I hated about it, was dealing with publicists, mm. dealing with managers, and mm. like, okay, you can't ask this question, you can't ask this, you know, you should focus on this. Um, you get a little glimpse of what it's like for these entertainment people to deal like big, deal with big celebrities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you're like, pretty there's, happy. There's like... some people who were awesome to interview, but um, some others were just uh, so hard to track down. Right, right. So you're okay with uh, Guns N' Roses destroying his set on live TV? You remember that? Oh, yeah. And then the ball that's <laughs> first appearance. That was, that's the band that I, I missed. Like, they've kind of become a shell of themselves now with the whole reunion. Uh-huh. You know, just playing the same show every night. It's like there's no surprises. Uh-huh. But that was, when, when they were in their prime, man, they were such yeah, an amazing definitely. band. Wasn't Axel like always like trying to fight people also like jumping oh, yeah. into the audience yeah and just beating oh the yeah out like, of people yeah Sid yeah, has like, stories that does uh, some videos on that yeah like he'd shoot jump in the audience like in St Louis he started a riot like, the guy was taking photos uh, you know he would he would call out people from the audience you know he would stop shows because people throw stuff on stage and then yeah. there was all the celebrity feuds like Vince Neil he was about to fight and then. Boxing match, the getting the ring stuff. Yeah. 
in the, the people he called it. He, on, there's a track on Use Your Illusion 2 where he calls out publicists or journalists by name that he wants to kick the shit out of and challenges them to a fight. Well, he got into a fight so with Tommy so Fulhager. One of the guys was Bob Diccioni Jr. who uh, ran Spin, I mean, Spin Magazine. And it yeah. turned out he was a black belt in karate. <laughs> and I think the minute Axel found that out, like, he's like, I'm not getting into a ring with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Jimmy? Do you have something? No, no, no. no oh, I, was okay, gonna, sorry. Uh, I was just amazed. <laughs> yeah, didn't he got into a fist fight with Tommy Hilfiger like relatively recently? The designer? I think. Yeah. Who? Axel. Is he, he's alive? Yeah. yeah. No, he's not. Tommy Hilfiger? No, Axel Rose. What are you talking about? He's, is he's alive? Yes, he's on tour right now. They just reunited. Oh. <laughs> I thought he died. Oh my god! When did you think he died? Like a while ago, like when I was in high school. <laughs> what? Mandela effect in here. Jeez, Louise. Mandela Rose, we're gonna call her. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't that old weird period, like from the mid nineties to the early two thousands, where he became like Howard Hughes and he became a recluse. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Howard Hughes figure. Yeah, that was bizarre. I remember at the time just, you know, like being, like in the late 90s and stuff, just being like, what happened to Axl Rose? You rarely, you rarely see a musician just disappear off the face of the planet, you know? Yeah. What do you think his deal is, Sid? Is he bipolar or extreme um, anxiety? You know, I don't, uh, I don't remember. Bipolar. He was, I remember yeah. all these things like back at their peak in the early 90s. They said he was bipolar. He was taking like with one and stuff. And, and then, you know... I don't know. I feel like all these creative people who are like, who are just, you know, musical geniuses, they always have some sort of thing with them, like whether it's bipolar or yeah. something like that. I don't know if he's bipolar, but it seems like it's kind of weird now because I've seen him three times on the reunion tour and he's shown up on time and seems happy. Nice. Um, I don't know. Maybe his age has mellowed him out too. Like, I right. feel like age does mellow people out. Like, I don't know. I mean, the way I felt 10 years ago is different than the way I feel now. Sure. Uh, I don't really know. I think you only get that successful too. Like when you blow up overnight and you become the biggest band in the world. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's prepared for that, and that's really difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to let massive success and fame not change me too much, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, this one is from Bree Ryan, Florida. After a patient brought a weapon into our building, there was a standoff, and the patient was shot in the head, and nobody told us until afterwards. Then they refused to update the security measures for the building, as we all uh, all we wanted were two mirrors like they use in the convenience stores to look around corners. Six months later, I began to get threats from patients and was verbally assaulted by two of them at the hospital. When I told my supervisor, he said, oh, everyone gets threats. They won't follow through on them. Ask around. Wow, that's not... <laughs> wow. Instead, I left, took them to court, sued them, and won. Then I moved to Florida. Now I work online, set my sched- my own schedule, and don't have to wear shoes ever. Two smiley faces and some sort of firework uh, emoji. Sure, this will all be in my next book. The working title is Harm City, Baltimore Burnout. Harms, ooh, burnout is such a real thing in the helping profession. Really? Yeah. Um, that's cr- wild that her company wasn't concerned with like liability or anything mm-hmm. it's pretty weird but then again this must have been out. I, I wonder how long ago this this was because i feel like companies nowadays they get super seriously yeah i think a few years ago 
Just like a two or three years. I think I she moved if, just a few years ago. Okay. Harm City, though? <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> I like that. Harm City. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I guess, in at least in Baltimore, that is a motivating factor to go DIY. It's just like how <laughs> difficult. No one's doing anything right, else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. And then everybody moves to Florida, too. What does that say about Baltimore? That we're going to Florida. If you are going to Florida. I want to go to warm Baltimore. <laughs> I need a place that's less insane than Baltimore. Better go Florida where is. those gators are. <laughs> Florida's the weirdest state, man. I've never it's even like, been there. Really? Never even been to Florida. First of all, it's not. So, it's like the most southern state geographically, but it's not southern at all. It's like if a tiki bar in Baltimore was a whole state. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett vomited, <laughs> and out came Florida. Sunset Cove. <laughs> gotcha. We're probably yeah, making references. When I was, when I was, Go ahead. I love good things when I was. Five years old, um, my dad moved, get packed up our whole family and moved to Florida for like six weeks because he'd never been to Florida, but he thought it was a magical place. <laughs> and uh, so we went there, and then my chest gave six weeks, he's like, I hate this place, you gotta move back. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's funny. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy. Yes. Why don't you tell us about your DIY living and what kind of got you there and and what you're doing here, and why you exist. And somebody please help me. <laughs> help me out. Uh, I started out doing music from a very young age, and uh, I was going to Towson University for a year. Uh, well, I was planning on going there for more than a year, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> you are doing the one-year music program. <laughs> you may find it surprising. But uh, after my freshman year, I was studying, like, what pre-med. You, doctor? <laughs> I was. I was studying, like, biology. Were you really? Pre- yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was studying it, dude. I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was studying NASA space aeronautics. I didn't. Well, I didn't still, know you it. must have. You must have had some potential if you were getting into. If you dropped out, of, yeah, I dropped out after freshman year, so I had a ton of potential, <laughs> and um, I dropped out not because I didn't have good grades or anything. I just I wanted. I I realized that like I, there was no way I was. I can barely show up to these things on time, and I'm gonna be you know going into surgery and stuff you know, like the that. Axel Rose of doctors. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Wow, fighting patients, all kinds of shit. <laughs> But um, riots starting at the <laughs> hospital. So I decided, you know, I'm, I was lucky enough that my parents were never those type of parents that were like, oh, you know, you have to go to college. You have to get a degree. Not all my parents had degrees either. Mm. Um, my dad is a my dad is self-employed. He's a painter, paints houses, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I was working with him when I was a kid. I always used to mow lawns, had a little like little business that I would walk my lawnmower around town. That's and adorable. Just, yeah, and just little Jimmy's lawn mowing. Yeah. some pocket change. Just all over the place. And so... Mow your lawn, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> Talk like a little Brooklyn kid for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my parents always... My parents always wanted me to do music. That was like, you know, that was the thing that I was, had been doing all through childhood. So when I told them, I was like, look, I'm not going to college anymore. I want to I want to pursue music as like my actual career, and they were like, "Good, thank God, we didn't want to pay for you to go to college anyway. Get the hell out of there, go do that." And uh, my first like in in endeavor was trying to get little gigs around town, and my first gig ever was pl- my first paid gig ever. I didn't even play; I was just like sitting in a little cafe, and uh, I was like, "Can I play here?" I got all my friends to come out, but at the time we were all like 18, 19 years old, so everybody came out, but nobody could drink or anything. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the night, I played for like four hours, and they were like, "Well, you did bring a lot of people, but nobody got anything, so here's ten bucks." So they gave me ten what? bucks for my first gig ever. 
My second gig, I my grandfather has a 1965 twin reverb amp, so I plugged a microphone into one of the channels and a guitar into the other one and tried to play <laughs> Seven West like that, and it wasn't loud enough, so they kicked me out. And uh, then I went downtown, started recording at the studio, and it was like a bunch of money per hour, like $40 an hour, $50 an hour. And I just kind of came to the realization, I was like, you know, what if I just built my own studio? And my friend was doing film at the same time. Mm -hmm. He was like trying to get into acting. So we actually took this garage that we're sitting in back in like 2014 and just finished the whole thing up, put walls up, ran electricity, uh, got everything going. And uh, completely lost train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But I just kind of came to a realization that uh, I guess when, especially in music and certain things like acting and music and stuff like that, I think there's this like fantasy in a lot of people's heads that like this idea of being discovered. Like right, you're going right. to go out and somebody's going to be like, oh, this, like you're you. bartending at Seasons Pizza and some big wig from Brooklyn's going to come in and be like, kid, you got a lot of potential. You come with me. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, you're the next big fucking thing. I, when I was around 22, 23, I realized that like, you know, it, first of all, it's always been the case that anything I've ever done in life, I had to do it my way. I've been fired from every job I've ever had. I worked at Cheesecake really? Factory, Seasons Pizza, Melting Pot. Uh, every job I think I've you ever were actually in Guns N' Roses for a brief Yeah, period, I was fired from Guns N' Roses. I couldn't do it. They wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. But uh, And I just realized, you know, if you're going to do anything in life, for me, the type of person I am, like we were talking about the corporate world, I could have never done that. Mm. I could never have worked in an office like that. It had to be on my own terms and things like that. And so I realized that was going to be the same case for music. There was nobody that's going to come along and prop me up and everything like that. It was right. just like, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to make the music, make you know, and then with the podcast and everything like that, get that off the ground. And so it's it, in a lot of ways, it's very nice to, to just be self-reliant and know that uh, any fuck-ups are my fault, but any success is my fault, too. Sure, so, you know. sure, yeah. It's comforting. Oh, very well said. Um... All right, we got one more confession here. This one is from uh, a woman named Erica from Baltimore who has a business called Witchcrafters. Oh. You know her? Actually, I think I might. I don't know. That could be literally any Erica that I know, honestly. Or <laughs> Every any Erica, Erica in you know city. could be a witch. <laughs> um, when I was working 70-plus hours a week, traveling constantly for work and being paid dick balls, and then was thrown under the bus twice by the same co-worker. It pushed me to a point that realizing as hard as working for yourself is, it had to be easier, and you know what? I was completely right. Basically, I just took all my skills, created a DIY and day drink company, and then I've learned to take any random side gigs that float my way because of my brand slash company. Wait, uh, DIY what company? Uh, day drink. Day drink? I thought yeah. that's day drink company. What's that? Is that her way of just saying she's an alcoholic, staying home alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a DIY day drink company. I work on my own turf. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really uh, easy to get off the ground. I don't know. I, I thought you guys would know that, what that is. A mimosa factory? A mimosa factory? Make sure he's still on speaker. You still there, Sid? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. cool, there, cool. I, I wasn't that was a bit of like tension, like, oh, he might have been gotten this whole time. <laughs> Why would you wait so long to answer, Sid? <laughs> Day uh, drinking. But continuing her confession, I run crafts and craft events at local Baltimore breweries. I host oh. private craft parties for Girls Night In. Like cr craft drinks or like glue Which googly craft? eyes? Oh. The craft. That I like to call them white claw and craft. I go to corporate office and lead them in team building with actual building challenges, 
I decorate clients' homes for the holidays and also take it all down January. Oh, and I do five-minute pop-up craft classes at markets, festivals, and birthdays, and upholstering and tailoring and any random woodcutting project that comes my way. Wait, and we know this, this is witchcraft. Or I'm, I'm Witch, confused witchcraft. if it's witchcraft or like gluing googly eyes onto pom-poms or like some what, combination. What constitutes witchcraft? Does something evil have to be involved? Or no, no, there's no, white witchcraft. Witch- is good. Is it real? It's like benevolent, yeah. I smell a, a totally uh, different episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Rose. That we will definitely have Rose. I don't know of witchcraft. Oh. Is good. Well, I, <laughs> I think she's talking about arts and crafts. Yeah, I think she sound, it sounds like she's yeah. talking about arts and crafts. A lot of usage for the word craft. She didn't say she does before. children's parties. So, like, I don't, I can't really see, like, okay, kids, sit around the pentagram. We're going to summon Baphomet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was your childhood, Rose. Yeah. Children's Act- Actually, parties. me and my friend did do that this time. <laughs> Two years ago, but that's a whole other story. Right, right. I also can't imagine she's having much success with the children's parties that, with her day drinking company. That's got to be something else, you know? <laughs> All right, kids, grab yourself a mimosa. Like, can we it just do witchcraft bad. instead? Like, come on. <laughs> oh man, the satanic panic returns. Oh no. What do you think about that, Sid? Any any thoughts on the uh, starting your own pop ups and whatnot? Well, you know, she's a bit more popular nowadays. Like, um, you know. We used to go to like some of those paint nights and all those, you know, you'd be bars as kids up with all these like entrepreneurs. And uh, it seems like it's a big business now. And a lot of people are doing it for side income or they're like on job. But mm-hmm. yeah, these things are, I think it's pretty awesome. Like, I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs and like just, you know, like, you know maybe they leave their corporate job and then they go do, do the skills to, to do something new where they can just kind of live the life they want. I think that's pretty right. awesome. Yeah. I mean, do you guys think it's easier or harder to, to do stuff like that now? Start your own business? Yeah, like start your own kind of, you know. I would say it's easier to start it, and it's harder to become successful at it. Really? I think that's the case for everything. I think it's easy. I think that if you, because of the internet, I think is the main thing, social media, marketing, anybody, like anybody with an internet connection, for in the music terms, anybody with an internet connection and a microphone can be a rapper or a singer now right so there's so much out there and so like back in the day in order to do that you'd have to get like way more equipment you'd have to like right. understand how to record the tape and like it, it yeah, was in the 40s actual... you could record anything and it would be a hit as yeah, long as you could yeah. pay for the recording <laughs> as long as you could get it done you know right, yeah. now it's like the the method to to creating the product is far easier and way mm. more accessible so anybody can do it but there's also now, because of that, as a result, there's so much more bullshit out there that in order to separate off to the top, you have to bypass, like, you have to make yourself stand out from this cloud of bullshit that exists. Right. Right. Everybody's a rapper. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's selling shit on Etsy. So it's like, how do I make myself stand out? Whereas opposed to 30 years ago, the hardest hurdle was just doing yeah. it. Doing yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So. Right, right. You know what I think might help you, Jimmy? Hmm. Have chains in the back of your website hanging down. Chains. Chains. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, just show look them how cool. hardcore you are. Or that would look like, cool. Yeah, now I'm picturing some, it. Would yeah. look cool. Very there you like. Go. You should have like graphics with like a really sparkly like Bratz doll looking girl that right. says yeah. "too cute to be forgotten," <laughs> so that everyone can relate. You know. That's true. That's yeah. Because yeah. I do feel like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe fart sound effects. I don't know. <laughs> we should design websites. We really That's, should. We should start our own company. <laughs> What's that, Sid? I think Sid would just oh, scoff. Just say, like, I, I totally agree with you guys. Like the barrier for entry for anybody who wants to start a, uh, a business or something is so easy because of social media. Like 
you want to have business, you want to start tomorrow, you can start a Facebook page, a Twitter page, but yeah, actually becoming different or differentiating right. yourself is so difficult. So what, how, so why do you think harder, yours, but, I mean, why do you think yours is successful? Um, well, I think part of it is, well, I think, I don't necessarily that even a guy like me who has no special skills can somehow make it. Like, um, I think hopefully just helps some people, but I think the reason is because I already had an audience from CNR Central Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people who have similar channels, they I, I know they're focusing more on like um, stuff that's like more poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm talking a lot about like metal, which right. a lot of channels don't really talk about. And I'm doing it daily, so like yeah. I see a lot of other channels. And not to put them down, they do a great job. Do you really do them daily? They're putting the video. Sorry. You do you do them daily? Yeah, I put up uh, ah. I put up like videos a day. I, I somehow have been fortunate that I'm very good at managing my time. I don't know how I learned that, but wow, somehow that's incredible. I'm very good at multitasking always. But how so long I have is a full time job. I, I have a kid, I have two dogs, I'm married, and I somehow managed to do all this stuff. I don't know how, but yeah. sure this isn't real. It, but, um, <laughs> I, so I somehow am able to do that, but I think I put up videos daily where like a lot of other similar channels. Mm-hmm. They put them up every two weeks. Right, every right. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like and, every uh, day something new pops up in my in my YouTube feed from you. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think that's how I'm kind of differentiating myself. And I mm-hmm. talk about a lot of bands that are kind of forgotten from the 90s and stuff and from the past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whereas when you're doing a video every three weeks, you know, you have to really think, you know, it's harder to cover all that stuff because you're sure. going to be talking about one topic every month almost. Right, and right. I also ask my fans to give me suggestions. Like a lot of the great ideas that I post on my channel have come from fans who said, "Hey, have you thought about this story, or you know, maybe something I haven't heard about?" Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. they are really instrumental in my success too, yeah. because they're there to. I'm giving back, and I'm also like interacting with them a lot. Yeah, you, uh, Jimmy was just asking how long the videos are about, like five minutes. Uh, um, well, um, it varies. Like some are like two minutes, try to go for five minutes. Some are longer. But the whole from the time I actually start thinking about an idea to the time I write the script mm. to when I do the research, it, it can take anywhere from like an hour to five hours. It really wow. depends. Some stories just sit on the back burner for months on end, and right. then I don't finish them, or then I finish them later. And some come come together really quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of every story kind of different. That's awesome. Um, you know what I think somebody needs to do. This, this, you, someone needs to make a greatest hits of these bands from after people stopped listening to them. Oh, like the best songs you've never heard from yeah. these bands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, if you took the best oh. of Marilyn Manson's, like, last five albums. Right, or like the best of the Spice Girls after Ginger left. <laughs> right? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. or the, the best of... You know, what's another band? Like Smashing Pumpkins, they have a bunch of albums. And nobody the, wants to listen to all of them. The best of Billy Corgan's yeah. incoherent rants. <laughs> That's all that they've put out. <laughs> that would be something that no one would enjoy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm spitballing over but here. But if, <laughs> if somebody took the time to sort through all the bullshit and yeah. just find some gold. That could be cool. Yeah, yeah, I could do that for a few bands, you know, yeah. that I like always listen to their album no matter how, you know, how bad it is or whatever. Yeah. And there's usually like one or two good songs, you yeah. know? And instead yeah. of like now, you could call it then. 
You know what I mean? Oh, then well, that's what I call music. Yeah, that was what I called music. Then that was what I called. I can't believe it's not called music. <laughs> yeah. See that? This is what we used to call music. One forty-three. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else uh, you want to talk about or plug, Sid? Before we go. Uh, no, just uh, people want to go and find me. They can just type "Rock and Roll True Stories" on YouTube and. You guys love rock and roll. There's a, at least one new video a day um, on my channel. It's going to be able to feature. So I just want to thank you guys for having me on and reaching out. That's awesome. Of course. Thank you. Thanks. And thanks for making all that great content. I will continue to enjoy it. Keep up the good work. Uh, and uh, thanks for stopping by the confessional, Sid. Yeah, anytime. Thanks so much, guys. Jimmy, Rose, thank you for... Completely dismissing my idea I'm about sorry, the greatest. I think, you know, the more I think about <laughs> okay, it, the yeah, cooler dude. it sounds. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next time on The Confessional. <laughs>